Hello and welcome to episode 366 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. I'm Nathan Fox. That's Ben Olson. Together, we're the co-founders of LSATdemon.com and the LSAT Demon Daily podcast. Got YouTube channels for both of those things, by the way. Be LSAT famous. Get on an upcoming show by emailing help at thinkinglsat.com. This show is going to air Monday, September 5th of 2022. So the next registration deadline that you got to think about if you're currently prepping is Thursday, September 29th. Uh, That is the date to register for the November 2022 LSAT. I don't see any reason to register anytime before September 28th. Oh, or if your practice test scores are already at the range that you want them by the time you take the November LSAT, then you can register. Or if it's close, fine. If you know you're going to take it, then fine. But not because you're rushing into this cycle or we talked about that a lot at the very end of the show today, didn't we, Ben? We did. Just uh, you, you can't rush into these cycles. Um, Go to lsat.link forward slash dates if you want to see all the dates for upcoming uh, tests and registration deadlines. Please come to my free classes uh, every other Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. The next one coming up is Thursday, September 8th. It is called Get Greedy on the LSAT. I'm going to be um, talking about how we should not set upper limits for our performance uh, in understanding the LSAT. And um, don't set goals like target score goals. I don't really like because why not one more than that? Eric made an astute point. He said, um, you know, I I also get greedy when I'm going for understanding on uh, more questions. Like I just want to understand one more. So I'm getting greedy in my my relationship with the test. Anyway, that's Thursday, September 8th, if you want to come. LSAT.link forward slash Nathan for all of my classes. Uh, what did we talk about mostly on the show? I thought we had a couple related issues. We had we had early admission stuff because we've got news. Um, well, not really. We're, we're, we're anxiously anticipating the first scholarships of the year, I guess. <laughs> the timing of the applications has been has been, I guess, debated recently online. And yeah. so we've got a couple of emails about that. A couple of emails about that, which ultimately led to, I hope, an acronym that will stick for our order of operations, which is glad. <laughs> glad. Be glad. Yep. Get your GPA as high as you can, then get your best LSAT score, then apply early or don't go. So do those three things or don't go. Can it That's be and saying. or? And or. Yeah, sure. Like you could do all those things and still not go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But or is and or, right? Isn't it? <laughs> if you don't get offers. <laughs> Yeah. That you like, then definitely uh, don't go. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Should we dive in? Let's do it. All right. We got uh, emails, many of them about this. We got emails from team members, Eric and Brandon and Haley. And we got a couple random emails from correspondents uh, across the country about uh, room scans going away. Is that true, Ben? Room scans are just, they're gone now? There's no more room <laughs> scans, over. right? When I yeah, say- yeah. This one district judge said it, so it's so. <laughs> so, yeah, what's the deal? Is the district court ruling saying that it's unconstitutional? It was a college thing or something? Yeah, so there was some kid in college who took a test and for whatever reason was unhappy with the fact that the... Uh, remotely proctored test uh, required him to scan his room before the test 
He claimed it was a violation of his privacy under the Constitution. I'm, what would that be? The Fourth Amendment or something? Um, I don't remember. But anyways, he claimed some constitutional violation and a district court judge, a federal district court judge, agreed with him. Okay, so what does that mean? Very little. <laughs> uh, for these things to persist, right, he, he's almost certainly going to appeal. Well, maybe he's done. But if, if he decides to appeal, then it's got to go to a circuit court judge. The, there are several circuits in the United States. So even if the circuit court judge or I guess really panel agrees and says that this was unconstitutional, well, what are there, 13 circuits in the United States, if I remember correctly? So there are 12 other circuits that haven't weighed in on this issue at all. And so who knows, maybe the other 12 could go in the other direction. But of course, we'd have to wait for cases to even get into those circuits and then go up the appellate ladder. And then at that point, right, the Supreme Court hasn't said anything. So they may come in 10 years from now and say, ah, <laughs> we side with the four circuit courts who say it's constitutional, or they might side with the two circuit courts that say it's unconstitutional. We have no idea. There's a long-ass process with this system. Yeah, uh, right. Some circuit bad. courts are more influential than other circuit courts, especially in certain areas of law, as yeah, I understand true. it. Yeah. And so I have no idea if this is an influential circuit or not, or if they're influential in this area or whatever. I, yeah, it's just um, it's <laughs> essentially not news, but it's news. So we have to talk about it. Yep. OK. All right. <laughs> Uh, we got an email here from <laughs> signed still unbound and shopping around. <laughs> okay. You got it. Yep. Another school on the demon transparency train in a similarly direct message as quoted from BU on this morning's thinking else that podcast Penn state UP says, um, UP what's that? University Park. Okay. Says Penn State Law University Park at the top of the email. So let's go with that. Oh, okay. Yeah, sounds good. So anyways, Penn State UP says, one, apply September 1st, and two, only apply binding early decision if Penn State is your first choice. Okay. I mean, that's not... That's news? Well, I mean, I guess... Maybe she's just pointing out that it's um, that it is transparent, right? Like they're saying uh, they're like they're making it. Maybe she's just saying they're making it more clear that this is a binding early decision program. Mm. Mm. I don't okay. know. OK, sure. Yeah. Uh, still Unbound continues. Another fun intelligence fact is that Penn State UP offers CAS waivers regularly, and if you also want to apply to Penn State Dickinson, which has a separate but even more generous full scholarship program, you just need to email them and ask if the Penn State UP SAS waiver is also good at Dickinson, semicolon. They will reply, no, but here's to your Dickinson, here, oh, here's your Dickinson SAS waiver. Apparently yep. that's the reply they got. Okay, so ask for those things. Yep. Cool. The remember, um, Ben, 
Dickinson was the one last fall that mm. was giving scholarships in September. Mm. Okay. Uh, yep. uh, like <laughs> the first, the first, uh, like, you know, um, dandelions in the spring, the mm-hmm. first scholarships of the fall season fall, last year. Yeah. I, I distinctly okay. remember Dickinson was out there like snatching people up. Hmm. Um, do we know what they're ranked? Do we, can we, can we like look at that school? I want to see what's up with their, um, like, are there, are their rankings rising or falling? For yeah, one let's thing? take a look. So first of all, I want to see it on LSATdemon.com, which is at LSATdemon.com forward slash rankings. Okay. I got it. So, Pennsylvania State, Dickinson Law, they are currently ranked 58, uh, according to U.S. News and World Report ranking, but they have been as low as, holy shit, I don't know, we don't know, it's below the chart. What was it last year? Last year is 58. And the year before that? 60, 62, 71, then back up to 59, then 65, then 86. So steadily increasing over the last four years? Mm, yeah, I would say overall trajectory is up. But okay. Yeah. Dipped a little bit, then come climbing back up. Yep. Okay, interesting. Because, I mean, I just want to see... We, we talk a lot about what the game is, right? We're trying to help from our students' perspective. Like, hey, we want to teach you how to play this game. It's a negotiation with these schools. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to watch the the behavior of the schools that were outliers as far as like early scholarships are concerned. It's interesting to see what, how much that changes their rankings, right? Like if mm. our, if they're if we see them actually climbing, then there's some I don't know. I guess it justifies their choice to use the LSAT so heavily in their admissions decisions. Yeah, are they getting rewarded for those decisions? And if they are, well, then you're going to see more of it. Yeah. So Dickinson, uh, total 243 students, total 241 of those students are receiving grants. So that's all but two. Um, <laughs> 9% is less than half tuition. Wow. OK, check out this school. 28% is half to full tuition. OK. 35% is full tuition and 28% is more than full tuition. Whoa. Yeah. So, well, okay. So yeah, it's 63% getting full tuition or more. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. What do you think the tuition is? Uh, I see it. 54,000. <laughs> Holy. Yeah. And well, they charge some people and they don't charge others. I mean, that's, that's how it is. That That's the game that they're playing. And They've made it up to 58th in the country playing that game. So, wow. you know, I mean, I don't know what they're have no idea about the job placement, obviously. Um, wow. That, I, I don't <laughs> think I've seen numbers that so heavily weighted to the full and more than full tuition situation. They stood out to me because just because of last year, because they gave the scholarship so early. So this is a school that's out there fishing in the early With scholarships. Yeah. 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 And it, I mean, and their rank se- seems to be going up at least over the past few years. So, you know, maybe they're making a move, right? We, we've saw wash you has been doing that. Yeah. Right. And wash U's all the way up to 16th. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. So if, if you, you know, if, if people ever question, um, 
I, we got some other email. This might come up on an episode of Demon Daily, but somebody wrote in about like, um, hey, so and so on line on online Reddit or whatever said that there's no benefit whatsoever to applying September one. Mm, yeah. And I, I well, I mean, I OK, I guess if Dickinson's not at all on your list because they were giving scholarship offers in the first week or two last year. Yeah. What do you mean it's not an advantage to apply September 1st? OK, anyway, that's uh, yeah. that's that. That's that's very interesting uh, news, I, I think. Do you think Dickinson is a school that we should restore the more than full scholarship rating on the estimator? I don't know. Um, let's give the audience, you know, full disclosure. Well, hey, we we publish all of our methodology, by the way. This is we're talking about LSATdemon.com forward slash scholarships. That's yeah. a site that we built where you put in your LSAT, you put in your GPA, and it kicks out a bunch of predictions for you uh, for where where you're going to get scholarship money. And it's pretty accurate using public data. And we show you our methodology. Again, um, we invite improvements to the methodology. but. Um, we we used to break out more than full tuition scholarships, but we can't do that really, because if somebody gets like, what were the examples of where the other money comes from? If they have uh, like GI some, bill or something, right? Yep. Any any other scholarship and very frequently people have GI bill stuff. So we don't when we see more than full, we don't really know how much more than full. That's another problem with it. We don't know. Yeah. And if it's like 3% or 1%, which is what is typically the case, right? If yeah. there's going to be more than full, it's a very, very small percentage of the class. And so it's like, eh, did they really give more than full or are they just giving right. them something plus the GI bill or whatever? And so that looks just like a stipend to me at Dickinson, just because there's so many people that are getting more than full. Yeah. At most schools, it's like 2% more than full tuition. Well, okay, maybe that's not really real. But when it's 28% more than full tuition, I mean, I guess, Ben, they could also have like some military connection or something like that. So then they end up getting lots of GI bill Possibly. types of people. That's another. But that's still a huge number. I mean, yeah, I guess that's yeah, 28% getting more than full tuition. I mean, we should drive the point. Like maybe this is the first time you've ever listened to us, right? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Hi. Um, 63% of the school is getting full tuition or more than full tuition. That is insane. Okay. Which means that 37% of the school is funding the entire operation of the school. And two poor suckers are paying full freight. <laughs> yeah, two people. No, yes, two individual people are getting no grants whatsoever <laughs> out of 243 how would you like to be the person and figure that out? Maybe they never figure that out. Maybe they yeah. just graduate and think that's how it's done. You know, it doesn't break down international students, does it? Hmm. Yeah, because international students are very relevant because graduate programs frequently have lower admission standards, no scholarships for really wealthy international students. Yeah. Like really wealthy people from other countries, countries like to send their kids to school in the United States and they like to spend lots of money to do it. So that's that's sometimes one of the reasons. But anyway, Dickinson sure. Seen, well, hey, you tell us email help uh, at thinking dot com and tell us like what offer you get from Penn State Dickinson if you choose mm -hmm. to apply. By the way, if you choose to apply, obviously get the fee waiver. 
get 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 the application fee waiver so you don't have to pay that fee. Suppose you could ask them about the uh, LSAC fee, the report fee. What's that? Forty five dollars now. May, they can yep. sometimes waive that for you. Yep. Maybe they will. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they look like they want to spend money. So yeah. see if they want to spend, you know, it's not really real money anyway to give you an application fee waiver, of course. But uh, apply for it. Send in your application. See what kind of an offer they send you. I mean, I'm really expecting, Ben, to hear offers in the next, uh, I don't know, two weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'm looking here, too. Uh, it says conditional scholarships. The school does not award scholarships that may be reduced or eliminated based on law school wow. or academic performance, other than failure to maintain good academic standing, which I would imagine is a pretty easy standard to meet. That's amazing. So they're really competing yeah. <laughs> in this space. This is well, how they're playing the game. It's just a raw numbers, raw money game. Hey, saying, you still hey, got the rankings up? I do, yeah. LSATdemon.com forward slash rankings. Look at yep. Wash U. This is Wash U in St. Louis, Missouri. Yep. We've got an episode coming up, a Demon Daily episode coming up with a Wash U grad who went there for free. Okay. It's going to be great. Okay. So, you know, that's a school that, uh, I, that's one of the first schools, Wash U, that I remember consistently getting scholarship, giving scholarships to people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they just have, I guess, steadily, solidly climbed in the rankings. I mean, you know, they started at 19 and now they're at 16 and there's not a lot of swing in their numbers very consistently at 18 for a little while there. But yeah, they've gone up and it's harder to go up, up at the top. Hell yeah, it is. I mean, so you probably wow. don't get fired for that performance, right? If you're the dean of admissions. No. Uh, so yeah, strong from, from Wash U and I am, yeah, I mean, I would be willing to predict actually that Dickinson will continue to climb. I'd make that bet. Yeah. I would bet on, on both of those schools, I think based on what we've seen. And I'm not saying that it's like morally good what they're doing. Please don't get me wrong. We're just saying this is what's happening. (laughs) It's logically good. It's rationally good. Like it's, it's tactically good. It's yeah. a strategically even, I guess, good. What's the difference between strategy and tactics? Strategy seems higher level, maybe. Yeah, longer tactics. term, maybe. What's the yeah. dividing line? Probably none. It's just relative to the situation you're talking about. Definition of strategy, a plan of action or policy designed to achieve a major or overall aim. Tactics, an action or strategy carefully planned to achieve a specific end so tactic and action or a strategy hmm that's pretty common though in the dictionary to have that overlapping mixing of words yeah all right other people just business nerds are saying um you know tactics are individual steps and actions strategies like an overarching thing which makes sense anyway um those schools are doing well and that's interesting uh thank you uh unbound that was a callback to that last episode about uh, what was it again? What school was it? BU. BU. BU bound. Yep. BU bound binding <laughs> early decision program. BU bound. All right. Um. Cool. What's up next? We got an email here. Uh, I guess I will read this one from Alondra. It says help. That was the subject line. 
Hey, Ben and Nathan, I've been using the demon for a couple months and have seen improvement in all sections. However, about a month ago, my score in logical reasoning got worse, despite all the progress I made. Before my score started to go down, I thought I was close to almost getting a perfect score in LR. However, about a month ago, I began to see my score decrease in LR sections and my LR ratings to the point where I feel so confused about how I even got so bad with what feels like overnight, I forgot everything I learned and don't attack the arguments like I used to. I don't know if this is something you've seen happen before or what to do to get back to where I was, or if it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy where I think I suck at LR now that I make myself do bad. Hmm. There's something in that last little line there. Please help exclamation point. Thank you. Period. Alondra. Um, <laughs> that was a very heartfelt email. Yeah. Uh, Alondra felt like she was on a roll and then faded a bit. And now, boy, that last bit, I think people know the answer to their own question frequently, right? Did you I think do. Alondra just threw it in here at the very end of her email? Maybe through writing the email, it bubbled yeah. up. Yeah, It came out. Yep. Yeah. Well, and th this is tough too, because uh, we say it so many times on the show, but the best way or the easiest way for us to help you is to talk about a specific problem that you got wrong. In doing that, we can unpack really what you're thinking and why, why you missed it. You don't right? suck at LR. You suck at that one question that you missed and that's okay you learn from that mistake. You figure out that mistake. Mm -hmm. Then you shake it off. And you do one more question at a time. Like you're you're thinking too much, Alondra. Yeah, you're probably trying to complete sections rather than questions. Yep. You're trying to do tests instead of sections. You're trying to do sections instead of doing questions. You're trying to read the whole argument instead of reading one sentence. You're trying to read one sentence instead of reading one word. Yeah. I mean, you have to just get granular in, in your everything, like one breath at a time. Mm -hmm. And then just get this shit about, you know, I feel like I forgot everything I learned. Well, wait a second. What, what did you learn? This isn't a knowledge-based test. It's a test of your ability to read and comprehend and then assess the validity of the claims that are presented. That's a skill. It's not something you remember. Yeah. Just come back to one question. And let's talk about that one. Yep. Everybody loves to. I just think generally talking about your score is bad. Think talking about your score overall, thinking about your score, shooting for a score. I think just being score bound is really not good. You got to play one shot at a time. Like in golf, they all count the same. I played really, really well two days ago. I shot the best round I've ever shot down here at my golf course. And then the next day yesterday didn't go that well. But I stayed in it like Every shot is it, they're independent shots. <laughs> they don't affect each other. I mean, yeah, like they all count. So whatever you just did, who gives a shit? 
it doesn't matter. The, the thing that matters is the next one. And so you just have to hang in there and, and hit hit the next shot. This is you got to you got to hang in there and just do this one question. And if you get it wrong, just dig in and ask yourself why. What happened? It's OK. You'll figure it out. Yeah. It doesn't. You're not going to not in golf hit bad shots and you're not going to not miss LR questions sometimes. You know, you're, you're going to not. Well, I want, right. I want that. I, mean, I want that ringtone. You're not going to not. <laughs> yeah, you're, you've made you've made good improvements. Um, so, you know, this like even I just don't attack the arguments like I used to. On which question can we look at that one question? Yeah. Right, now, what do you mean you didn't attack the argument like you used to? Why, why not? I don't know. Like how can we do it now? Let's do it now. Can, can mm-hmm. you attack the argument? Try again. Try try to do it this time. What's holding you back? Why? Any last tips here for Alondra? No. Thanks for writing in. Excellent. Okay, we got a, a, another one here. This is anonymous. You want to read it? Yep. Hi, Ben and Nathan. I've been an avid listener and I'm a Demon Live subscriber. And I want to thank you guys for how much you've changed my perspective. I'm unsure if I should submit an addendum. I graduated a semester early with a double major and a minor with a cumulative GPA of 3.55 out of 4.0. My graduating school GPAs are higher, graduate school, 3.8 and 3.7 than my cumulative because I started out pursuing a major. I hated then switch. Oh, okay. I see. A lot of my friends took blow off classes their second semester of senior year, which in turn raised their GPA. But I wanted to begin work as a legal assistant to find out if law school was something I really wanted to pursue. If I did submit an addendum, I would probably frame it along the lines of eagerly wanting to start my career instead of taking another semester that would have raised my GPA. Mm. What do you recommend? Man, everybody does this. They would just want to explain, explain, explain. And it's just better to not talk. Yeah, excuses um, are not very compelling. They're just it's not it's not that nobody believes you. It's just that they're not interesting. So what? What's it do for me? I mean, you 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 put this job uh, over your grades. Okay, what are you going to do when you come to my law school? If you're a competitive dean. You know, in in the in the game as we see it, we were just talking about Dickinson so much, and and Wash U and this game of how schools admit people and give scholarships to to try to you know raise their rankings. A a dean of admissions looking at you goes, okay, what's your LSAC GPA? And whatever your LSAC GPA is, um, that's what it is for their five hundred nine reports. And those American Bar Association 509 reports uh, come from, yeah, the the LSAC GPA data. And so they just look at that and they go, that number is what that number is. It affects my rankings. What's your LSAT? And then they're making their decision, like essentially on those two things. Yeah. Now, as far as an addendum is concerned, yes, if you want to write a one sentence addendum, you can. I think the most powerful thing is to just to point out that you had higher GPA from your graduating school, right? So I, I think Ben that this some this is probably community college and then a, a a different school that that you graduated from. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. It could have been just two different undergrad schools. But point is, um, if you had higher GPA at the second school, you can write an addendum that says you had a higher GPA at the second school. But none of the boy, my friends, my my friends, they took blow off. It's like the school does not give a fuck about your friends. Doesn't like they know that you had the option to take easier classes to get better grades if you wanted to. They know you chose not to do that. They, it's just not I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't do anything for them. So we would never talk about that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yep. These addenda, if they ever should be written, should be one or two sentences max. If you're doing more than one or two sentences, something's wrong. Yeah, I mean, addenda. like it's a short answer to a to a web form, right? If it's it's like, mm-hmm. is there anything else you'd like us to know? And I think you could write one sentence like, hey, when you look at my transcripts, uh, I want to point out that my my GPA my last two years was 3.8. Yep. <laughs> my LSAC GPA is 2.7, but my last two years was a 3.8. Yep. And that's it, you know, and, and be perfect because that's a professional communication, right? That you just give them the information that's actually maybe useful. And then they probably just say, I don't care. What's your LSAT? But they could go, oh, well, OK, so that's good. Like, it's not a point against you, but it's not much of a point for you. No, but what is a point against you is these stupid excuses, right? Oh, my <laughs> friends, they took some blow off. I mean, lit, some people probably even write that, right? They might actually use Yeah, that I phrase. don't think Anonymous was going to put that in there. I don't think so but either, although, but I can boy, see people doing it. People right? have bad judgment, yeah. And they're like, oh, my friends took some blow off classes, but I didn't. And it's just like, mm. okay, and what do you, what's your point? You didn't looks, do well on them. And now you're bringing attention to that. <laughs> well, it, it looks, it looks immature. Um, yes. You know, it, it just looks like, okay, so you're a college kid and you're mad that your friends did something you didn't do. I mean, it, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't look uh, businesslike. <laughs> it doesn't look serious and like winning, which is what law is about. You know what this reminds me of? It's a little bit of a tangent, but uh, sometimes my kids will leave things out like food. Okay. I'll see them eating it and I'll say, hey, can <laughs> they are running off somewhere. Like, hey, can you put that away? Can you put the milk away? And then, you know what they often say to me? I wasn't the last one to Ugh. use the milk. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you used it. Put it away. I saw you using it. This is what this feels like. I yeah. Well, my friend, my friends, they were like, they were yeah. doing these classes. Anyway. Okay. Perfect. Uh, we let's see. Abigail sent this uh, from support. It says, with respect to questions involving conditional logic, my imagination leaves a lot for me to desire. I would say leaves a lot to be desired there or i wouldn't use that phrase that's i don't know that's maybe that's like colloquial how your family says it or something but um that phrase is not really normally used that way in my experience uh, would you agree ben i agree yep the okay. phrase i typically hear is leaves a lot, a lot to be desired yeah yep. that one yeah hit a bad shot in golf uh, that leaves a lot to be desired yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that, but it's that's what people <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I keep missing rules and freedoms. Okay. 
I'm going to start over. I keep missing rules and freedoms of the reality implied by a given set of conditional statements. Okay. Okay. I think I know what this person's trying to say. You do? Mm-hmm. So when you read a conditional statement, which is just an if-then statement, there are certain things that must be true, right, that come from that. And there are certain things that don't have to be true, that could be true, but don't have to be true. So the rules are the things that must be true, and the freedoms are the things that could be true, but don't have to be true. You don't need to think about the freedoms. <laughs> <laughs> there are too many of them. <laughs> there. <laughs> the rules and freedoms. Wow, this is this is philosophical almost. I okay, I think you're right. I think that that's what they meant. I don't that's not the way to think about it. The rule is the rule and and, and it only applies when it applies and if it doesn't apply then it does not apply. So yep. just think about the rule. Stop thinking about oh boy. I mean, you know, this is somebody who clearly like I bet they know a lot about the contrapositive and and diagramming logic. And don't really get it, though. Like, it doesn't really click commonsensically. It's interesting because their next sentence seems to suggest that they believe the opposite. But we'll see. Uh, I believe the issue might be a lifetime of over-reliance on heuristics slash experience as opposed to logic. I am the type to assume there are no black, green, blue, etc. swans because I have only seen white swans. Well, most of us have only seen white swans. And most of it are, most of us do that. Most of, I think, I think everybody does that naturally, right? Don't we all think that our common experience is common, right? We, yeah. rare things are really rare and we don't, we, we don't under, we don't understand that they are possible. This is interesting. So, uh, a common question I like to throw at people sometimes is, hey, uh, if we don't get this, if we don't get this computer program fixed, if we don't get it fixed, we're not going to finish the project on time, right? And then, and then I say, oh, but don't worry, we're going to get it fixed. We're going to get the computer program fixed. And then I'm, and then I ask the class, hey, what does that mean? And, and consistently a good chunk of people will say, Oh, okay. So we're going to finish the project on time. <laughs> and I think that that is relying on past experience, right? When other people communicated to you in that way, that's probably what they meant, even though that's not logically justified. Uh, the project could still fail for a whole host of other reasons that have nothing to do with the stupid computer program. Maybe a meteor hits your facility and you're done. Yeah. And so, but they're not thinking about that. So the test gives people an opportunity to be more precise in their thinking, but you can still understand all that intuitively if you think about it a little bit and hear these examples over and over again. And it sounds like, this person is going from purely heuristics or purely experience-based thinking to maybe rules, right? As opposed to this middle ground, which is really what we teach, which is, okay, understand exactly what was said, but also intuitively understand why that does not necessarily imply what you feel like it often does in normal everyday conversation, 
where people aren't trying to be overly technical or accurate with what they say. Right. I mean, and it's not it's not overly technical or accurate. It's just the LSAT is technical and accurate. It is technical and accurate. It is giving you something and asking you to figure out exactly what that means. And it is what it means. It's just that people don't go around challenging other people's claims in that way. Normally. But, but they do in law. They do in law. That this is, is the exactly law right. school admission test. Yep. It is a literal test. The words on it mean what they say. It says what it means. It's it's the LSAT is easy, but you you have to read it. You have to do one question. I'm going to read the rest of this email. He says the LR portion of the LSAT has humbled me semicolon. I am becoming receptive to the evidence that my logical facility needs a renovation. I have greatly improved my LR with the demon average minus 13 to minus six after one month of study, but I want better for myself. I think my chances of getting minus zero or close on test day rely on me perfecting and in my logical reasoning ability dash hyphen what time or misreading is not the big problem here. I just lack the imagination for many of the questions. What? I think what I think what Jenny is trying to say here is I think she's doing questions. She's too easily, too quickly hearing someone say, oh, but don't worry, the computer program is going to be fixed. And then wrongly jumping to the conclusion that the project is then going to be finished on time. When she then gets that question wrong, she reads the explanation. She goes, oh, yeah, okay, a meteor could have hit the uh, facility and then the project wouldn't be finished on time. And so then she says, ah, I lack the imagination to see that meteorite hitting the facility. But to grow your imagination, to better understand why these claims don't say it. more than what they're saying, she just needs to do more. You've been doing this for a month, Jenny. Yeah. That's awesome. You just need to do a lot more and specifically and these... do it in attack mode mm-hmm. like attack the argument yep the the law is war you're, you're going to be going to just battle with people i mean if if it's litigation it, it's just complete battle yep do the logical reasoning as if it's litigation I mean, cross-examine the argument is what i'm saying yep And you might make the mistake that some people make and they go too far and they start questioning things that were said on the page, but at least you're being aggressive and we can pull you back. Yeah, they listen, logical reasoning arguments. They have two parts. Generally, they have evidence and they have conclusion. The evidence you basically have to allow. You have to say, well, okay, if that's true, then does that make your conclusion true? Yep. And that's the part where you have to attack. Just poke holes in it. Figure out ways that their conclusion does not necessarily have to be true, even if their facts are true. That's the game you're playing on LSAT logical reasoning, if you want to be good at it. I don't think your problem at all is any mastering of 
logical reasoning. I just think you got to get aggressive in your reading and attacking the arguments. Yep. They have holes. They they need to be plugged or, you know, plugged with a sword. And if if that's too much to think about, just focus on the argument as a whole, but specifically the conclusion. Why is the conclusion not necessarily true in most of these arguments? Try to wiggle out of it. Yep. Be a defense attorney. You're, the, the argument is trying to force you to do something. And you have to say, OK, even though your evidence is true, I still have this out over here because I don't have to because the conclusion does not have to be true, even if your facts are true. Totally could be true, but that's not the issue. The issue is, does it have right. to be true? Right. You're not you don't have to. Absolutely. You do not have to disprove the conclusion. You have to create reasonable doubt. You have to separate the evidence and the conclusion. Not not inexorably. You just yep. have to make sure that you you highlight the missing pieces or the other places that they, that this whole thing could be. Other than like a direct link from evidence to conclusion. Yeah. You know, the more we talk about this and your analogy is interesting because the the standard that's required for a conclusion to be valid is so high. Right. For a conclusion to be valid. Yeah. To be proven by the evidence. It has to be proven. In other words, it has to be something that must be true, given what was said in the evidence. That's yeah. such a high standard that it actually becomes quite easy to poke holes in the vast majority of these arguments. You just have to come up with one reason why that conclusion does not necessarily have to be true, even if you accept the premises and boom, you've won. Yep. Okay. Did anyone at the Demon have a similar problem? And if so, what resources and practices helped them get rid help them to get rid of their tendency for fallacious thinking misspelled fallacious and also gain the open-mindedness needed to get a great many number of valid inferences for a given set of rules slash premises it ain't about finding a great number of valid inferences it's about finding one valid inference and maybe from there you find another one valid inference, but it's only ever about one step at a time. I would also add that you've gone from minus 13 to minus six. That's great. After you're one making, month of studying with the demon. Yeah, that's that's great progress. Excellent. What you're doing is working. So just keep doing it. Like I think this is just a yeah. situation where you need to keep drilling in the demon, keep learning from your mistakes and give yourself more time. You, you, you've made a lot of progress in a short amount of time. Maybe it feels long to you, but you're doing well. So keep going. Um, you want to take this next email from Anoon? Yeah. Hey, Ben and Nathan, I was scrolling through Reddit today and I saw someone ask, does applying the day applications open extremely early give an admissions boost? Spivey underscore consulting replied with, Absolutely none. <laughs> okay. Obviously, you two would disagree. So I was wondering where the disconnect is. Are people looking at the same data and interpreting it differently? Is it a source? Trust me, bro, situation? How did you guys reach the conclusion of apply in September or don't apply at all? All right. <laughs> Penn State Dickinson, among other things. I mean, that conclusion there, I mean, it's just a conclusion, right? That's not an argument. That's just absolutely none. So it's yep. just like this voice of authority 
And I don't agree with that authority. I mean, maybe they're not familiar with this resource. Or maybe Penn State Dickinson is an unacceptable type of law school, according to them. I don't know why that would be. <laughs> well, so what's going on here, right? In some cases, I think that when you apply on the first day, it's obviously giving you an advantage. Well, I shouldn't say obviously. It's giving you an advantage. You're earlier. <laughs> there's more money available. Wait. You're, yeah. It, it literally can only help you, right? Yep. It, it can only help you. And it can't possibly hurt you other than possibly delay a cycle. Yes. Um, it can hurt you if you compromise on your LSAT score or your GPA. Which is not what we're saying. Yeah. Which we never say. The order of operations is get the best GPA you can get. Yes. Then get the best LSAT score you can get. Yes. And then apply on September 1st or whatever day is open. Okay. So, but my point is, is that it, it helps you in some cases. In some cases, it might not help you. Right. And that's probably what Spivey is talking about. Maybe you apply on the 17th or the 20th or the, you know, the next month. And it doesn't make a difference for that particular school. But I think what's happening here is that Spivey, by saying absolutely none, I just, I just think that's false. It's just it's literally it's ignoring. Incorrect. Yeah. It's ignoring. And, <laughs> and why? Why is Spivey doing this? Well, I don't know, Spivey, but um, I, I, I imagine. That there are lots of, there are enough cases in which it doesn't matter to apply a little bit later or maybe a, a lot later. And Spivey wants to focus on those because it just means there's more time for business to come in. I mean, that's a pretty cynical uh, speculation, but. I hate to say that, but it seems like that business maybe goes in cycles in a way that our business doesn't necessarily. We're LSAT teachers and we teach the LSAT and we know that the LSAT is, you know, we can use your LSAT to make a damn good prediction what kind of scholarships you're going to get to law school. So we know how important it is. We know how the game is played. Which is consistent with our financial interests, right? So but no, well, but it doesn't make us wrong. I'm just saying it's a fortunate thing, at least for us, because the biggest factor also happens to be what we're good at. We don't have an incentive to force people into cycles. We, we're never trying to encourage people to rush into this. And I, I, this advice seems oriented toward, no, you should apply now. You should apply this year. Yeah, you should do it right now. Yeah, I don't we know. We don't want you to do it right now, to be clear. Like, we don't want you to do this right now <laughs> if you want to do it right now if it's a, if it is the right time for you to do it that's great and if not we don't we that's we do not want you to do it we want you actively to not be here if it's not the right time for you to be here and i don't yeah. know that's just it's like this yeah we actually don't want you to go to law school unless you absolutely know you should <laughs> right <laughs> right we love you but goodbye yeah I, so anyways if you care about scholarships it is obviously better to apply earlier in the cycle unless you're never going to apply to Dickinson or any other school that might also decide that this is the year that they're going to get out in front of it and start offering a bunch of scholarships in September. Yep. Like give them the opportunity to try to make a play for you. For fuck's sake, that's so dumb. That advice is so dumb. <laughs> that's like what? Really? Putting yourself out there earlier in the cycle is not good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, I would love to know what they like. What is their opinion of actual Dickinson? Yeah, maybe we're missing something. Sure. Or maybe that advice is. is like, well, it doesn't matter at Yale, so it doesn't matter at all. That's strange. That could be. Maybe. Uh, hey, and the 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 correspondent could have misread it. I mean, maybe that's a quote from a longer thing that was like, doesn't matter for these six schools or whatever. Yeah. But most people aren't only applying to the to to like the elite of the elite. Yeah. And um, I don't know, you know, we're going to find out, Ben, in the next couple of weeks, because I anticipate that we're going to start getting scholarships on. Yeah, I don't know. So we set a date, let's say uh, October. Um, I, I have a guess. Do you okay. have a guess mentally? Wait, sorry. Well, why, does, why did I say October? I was trying to lead you astray because we're going to play a guessing game. Hmm. Um, think of a date. When the first scholarship will be reported to us yeah up here the neighbors have like a what's the first snow day gonna be mm, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so yeah we'll you're anchoring little... me with this october coming why are you doing that man all right so fucking three-dimensional chess <laughs> you shouldn't have said anything you should be like oh oops um but, and that's it but okay well anyways i know yeah. that you know that i know <laughs> <laughs> it's really deep now i'm gonna go super high and be like, september 2nd you're like haha cool. <laughs> yeah something i'm okay i have a number in my head yep uh okay i do too okay ready go september 10th i've said the 11th wow okay okay there we go so i got the 11th you got the 10th we'll remember that i think and yeah. uh, we'll see. We we could be totally wrong. You know, I, I, I don't know. It's changes every year. And that's the thing. It can change every year. Right. So I just know that it's worked for many, many of our satisfied students. Yeah. Um, you're going to have more and more of those those success stories. I hope people like them for LSAT Demon Daily because I like going out and talking to the people who have followed our advice and totally killed it. And uh, yeah, we got one coming up next week that it was just like decided not to pay for law school, applied early, got the full ride to watch you killed it. Super happy, successful lawyer now. Yep. So that's our two cents. Want to uh, let's see. Is it me reading this one from James? Yep. Hi, Ben and Nathan. I'm an accounting major and finance minor at a top 10 undergraduate accounting program. I have a 4.0 GPA through 107 credits. That sounds good. Um, last month, I started studying for the LSAT with a cold diagnostic score of 152. That is also good. Luckily, I've been using the demon since day one, and I am very happy with the number of clicks I am getting. This is someone who has been listening to the podcasts and is into this idea that we both we both have gravitated toward this, haven't we? This idea yep. of going for the clicks. I'm talking about it in my classes all the time now. We talk about it over on the dev team, by the way. Really? Features and fixes come in all the time. There's probably 200 small little things that need to get fixed. And the question is, does this lead to more clicks? Wow. Excellent work. Uh, good job, team. Yeah. Although I took my first warm practice test last weekend and only scored a 155, I feel that this is in the lower part of my range. Well, you don't have a range because you've only taken two tests. Your range is 152 to 155. <laughs> it is yep, literally the, the very top of your range right now. <laughs> yeah. 
right now. I but no, I understand what you mean. It's two data points. There's there's a bigger bell curve around those two numbers, and we don't sure. know where 155 is in the range. Got that it. range is also going to move up. Yep. Okay. I'm drinking the thinking else at Kool-Aid and understand that variation in test scores exists. Thank you. Despite my success in school and studying for the LSAT, I can't help but feel anxious about my future. I'm currently being recruited by the big four accounting firms, and my parents think that I should pursue a master of accountancy before I attend law school. The master's program will only add an additional year to my education. However, I will need to take the GMAT in order to gain admission into the master's program Hence, I feel conflicted. What merit does a master of accountancy have with a JD? Potentially a lot if you want to practice tax law. Should I stop studying for the LSAT and study for the GMAT? Uh, there's a little bit of an overlap between the two tests, but you should decide what you want to do with your life. For reference, I should be able to get sponsored by a big four firm in order to pay for the master's program. Any advice is appreciated and thanks for all that you do. I love the podcast. Kindest regards, James. James, I think you should go get your master's of accountancy for free, paid for by a <laughs> top uh, big four accounting firm, and then decide what you want to do. Yeah, I, I guess I would want to know, James, how much you enjoyed your accounting program. Do you want to do more of that? Then keep keep going. It's only a year and they can pay for it. Awesome. If you didn't enjoy your accounting accounting program because and that's why you want to go to law school, then be done. What game do you want to play? Do you want to play just JD or do you want to play JD plus accountant or do you want to play accountant? I don't know. Pick the game you like. Go meet tax lawyers. Yeah. There's going to be an active association of the tax bar uh, in your area. A chapter. What are they called? Chapters? Section. A section of the bar uh, uh, focused on tax, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, tax professors at law schools around um, go bang on doors, send some emails, make some phone calls. Tax law, I think, is like one of and that is never going away. And that is big, big money, big business, really good work. Um, you could work your whole life, and be fabulously successful as a tax accountant seems like just such a kick in great opportunity. You're already being recruited by big four accounting firms. I mean, do you want to be an account? If you want to be an accountant, then maybe just don't even go to law school at all. That said, you're an academic star with your 4.0. And I mean, you could do absolutely anything. You got to think about what you really want to do. What career do you want? <laughs> like, what is that? What's it look like? I don't think vaguely going to law school, like law school and then figure it out. No. What? Why? Take your time. I mean, I would I would definitely only get the JD if you are sure you need it. Yeah, this is such a low. It's one year masters. The GMAT. Um, I killed the GMAT back when I took the GMAT. I went to business school for free uh, with my 770 GMAT. There's math. And there's verbal and the verbal is very much like LSAT logical reasoning. In mm -hmm. fact, I, the power score books that I was teaching from at the time, because I was a power score teacher, the power score books actually used LSAT questions as GMAT critical reasoning questions because there aren't any like practice questions you can get for GMAT. 
so and then it was like reading comp and I don't know, one other element, sentence correction, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. sentence correction. And uh, and then math. And the math mm-hmm. was really fun, I thought. Data sufficiency questions. If you're like mathy, I mean, you, hey, you're accounting and finance. Accounting major, finance minor. You've got to be good enough at math to do great on the GMAT. I, I will tell you this, James. Um, the very few GMAT classes that I taught, I found myself doing like, rudimentary algebra stuff and like on the whiteboard, like trying to teach people just like real basic math. Wow. I mean, long division for sure. Like I like distinctly remember teaching people how to do long division. And it was just like, man, you're a college graduate. You're going to go get a master's degree. And you, you didn't, you never caught the long division though. Um, But I, I mean, and if it was just that I might go like, well, calculator, but it was actually somebody kind of older, too. And <laughs> and furthermore, didn't understand just like simple expressions with, you know, like one variable. And it's like, wow, OK, <laughs> All right, I'm going to teach you. And I mean, you could still like get some of the GMAT questions, right? So it's not like super hard math or anything. Yeah. Anyway, James, good luck to you if you decide that you want to really want to go to law school specifically then you should come back and see us. But um, I don't see any reason to be studying for the LSAT right now if this plan is is actually going to be a thing. Yeah. Because I don't even think James is done with undergrad, right? Through 107 credits. I don't know how many credits you need. Yeah. 30 a year, 120 maybe, graduating this fall, then one more year. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just... I don't want you splitting your time between the GMAT and the LSAT. If you decide to go down this path with the GMAT, just go full, full force. And, and get straight A's in your master of accountancy. Like don't do it unless yeah. you're, you're like, I'm going to excel in that. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to really kill it in that. And then when you come back to the LSAT, really kill it in the LSAT. 152 is an excellent diagnostic. Sounds like you're listening to all of our advice. If you keep focusing on the clicks, you are certainly going to improve. I would dramatically, right? Like we would predict this person makes it to the 170s. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. With the 152 and the 4.0. I mean, there's just more evidence. Yeah. Like that's so funny, Ben. You you went to the GPA there. It was like you're doing law school admissions almost, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just like, well, hey, 152 is indicative of capacity for a certain amount of of like solving the questions like you have to solve mm-hmm. the questions to get a 150 some of them to get a 152 and you glance at the gpa 4.0 and you go yep that's a winner i'm like you're gonna do it yeah add in accounting and finance oh yeah sure yeah accounting finance like detail oriented yeah like very likely a bs instead of a ba just any kind mm-hmm. of a science adjacent like if it's math adjacent at all then it's mm. just like yeah you probably got You'll probably do it. Yep. No guarantees, but boy, we have helped a lot of people improve a lot. Hope, hopefully we'll uh, see you at some point, James. Or actually, hopefully, James, you'll decide to do completely different shit and you won't go to law school. <laughs> Thanks for riding along if you, for a little if bit. If you do, but... we'll help you go for free. All right. Want to read this one from Connor? Hi, my name is Connor and I have received double time and stop start accommodations for the LSAT. So wait, really quick, stop, start, so you can stop at any time, or it's just maybe between sections? Do you know what that is? 
I believe you can stop the clock whenever you want and restart it whenever you want. I don't know if there's a total time cap. Yeah. Like you have to do it this month. (laughs) (laughs) You just pause it, go to sleep. I got to think about that one. I'm going to go to sleep on that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So you got some serious accommodations. I'm currently at zero on logic games, minus one or two on logical reasoning, but minus four or five on reading comp. I've tried many strategies, including annotating, rereading, starting with the last passage. Oh God, no. These are bad strategies and some other smaller changes, but my average score has stayed at this range for the past few months. You need to ask one question at a time. Yeah. The miss the ones you're missing, just one of them. <laughs> That's the one that you need to look at. Now let's see what the review he's he's gonna give us our his review method. Yeah, my okay. review method is doing individual sections, and I look at whatever passage I did the worst on, and I try that passage again, giving myself around 15 minutes. The reason okay, right. Oh, I guess he has double time. The reason I do this is because a majority of my wrong answers come from passages three and four, and it is typically just one of those passages. I then follow this by looking over all missed questions and try to find out where my misunderstanding came from and then look up the solution and explanations. I'm wondering what other strategies I can try specifically regarding my extra time and stop start accommodation and strategies to stay focused on these sections. I think you're too worried about peripheral strategies, some of which may help, but some of which are definitely hurting you. You need to focus on the one most important strategy, and that is reading comprehension. (laughs) It's the name of the section of the test. (laughs) You need to comprehend what you're reading. None of this like reverse order... (laughs) annotating, starting with the last passage, even your review process. Just, I think you're overthinking it. Just do the section, focus as much as you can on understanding. You have all the time in the world to do that. And then go look at the questions you got wrong. Yeah. So like specifically asking for strategies and it's like, well, but it's not about strat. It's, it's not about that. It's about, well, the ones that you missed. Like none yeah, like of this the, stop start thing. Oh, I'm going to stop after the passage and then I'm going to. You certainly could do that. I mean, you know, that's that's kind of wild. You can like read the passage, stop the clock, think about the passage all you want. <laughs> yeah. Restart the clock, read the first question, stop the clock, think about that. Mm. What's the main predict point your of answer, the passage, yeah. which, you know, it's going to be a main point question most of the time. But OK, so Connor has unlimited time. You know what, Connor? I don't like, yeah, why are, look, look at what Connor does first here. My review method is doing individual sections and I look at whatever passage I did the worst on and try that passage again, giving myself around 15 minutes. Why are you timing yourself on your review of that question? Well, also, I'm a little concerned because I don't know exactly what happens here, but he says, I then follow this by looking over all missed questions. Um, missed the second time or missed the first time? Because I'm more worried about the ones you oh, missed yeah. the first time, not the ones you missed the second time, if that's what's happening. I mean, hopefully he's going over the ones he missed the first time. But 
Why aren't you going over the, I mean, I guess you are going over all missed questions. You're not learning from your mistakes, Connor. Look, yeah. Ben, I don't think Connor's even reviewing the other passages. Well, he does say looking over all missed questions. So hopefully that's oh from so the he passages just, that so he, he redoes the passage. passage that he did worse on and he unnecessarily times himself. Do not time yourself on that retake. Just do it. Just get them right. I think. Yeah, I think you're actually developing the habit of understanding things after you've read the passage twice. Your problem is is your like time. You're you're too focused on time. Even though you have double time and on and start stop, which start stop. Even though you have unlimited time, that's essentially unlimited time time to think about it. I mean, you're you're you have you have all the time in the world. You're just not understanding some of those questions and the ones that you're missing don't. I don't know. It's just like I look up the solution and explanations. So like look up the 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 right answer. Yeah. And explanations. I mean, it's like you you you, st- you that's like the tiny part of your whole email is this and, the, and explanations. But like, yeah. what strategies do you. Well, wait a second. The strategies are in the explanations. Yeah. I don't know if Connor's a demon student, but Connor, we have the best explanations and you should be reading. Yeah. The story or listening to the story time videos. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Watch the story time videos where we read the passage to you and talk about the passage. Here's what we took out of the passage. When we answer questions, you're going to see us predicting the answers to the questions probably half the time or more maybe. And you're going to see us like just clearly dismissing wrong answers and telling you why the right answer is right. We have written explanations as well. That's where you should be spending your extra time. I, I, I don't focusing too much on these strategies is not it's you need to understand questions one of them at a time. I, I keep saying it. Good luck, Connor. We should also say here. I mean, shout out to uh, our demon teacher, Brandon, who is teaching classes that are specifically for accommodated students now at mm. uh, lsatdemon.com. Yeah. Um, so it's for a live subscription. You can, you can start taking classes with Brandon who has all kinds of like accommodations focused ideas. Yeah. That'd be a great question for Brandon. Um, want to, uh, read this last email. This is me. Uh, subject was admissions mess up. Hello, Ben and Nathan, you two inspire me and give me hope that becoming a lawyer doesn't have to mean you are inherently gifted at the LSAT. I have been listening to you for over a year, but only in the past two months have started to work on your LSAT demon program. I'm actually starting to get answers right, even though it looks like my score hasn't changed much yet as I am so slow. It's our it's boy, it's our like nemesis, huh? Like time, the the uh, the focus on time and the focus on sections is just like our mortal enemy. We are not going to be talking to you about getting faster or racing, managing the clock or, you know, trying, getting, finishing on time. We're not going to tell you to keep it moving. We're going to tell you to, we're going to tell you to understand one question and get it right. Yeah. It's funny. I think people, there's like, there's a growth that comes along with trying to understand that they, they hear it. They don't believe it at first. They then start to believe it, but there's still a part of them that doesn't believe it. And they keep coming back They're like, oh, but, 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 but how do I get f- but, like a little faster? Or 
yeah. It's just, but that's great. Okay, we're we're going to get you there. You're you're doing the right things. Just focus on one question. Don't don't worry about the speed. Don't try to get faster. Yep. And anyway, they continue and say, uh, just getting answers correct is giving me hope. That's nice to hear. That it should. It totally should. All you got to. It's so easy. You just have to do one question at a time, and then yep. another one after that. Mm-hmm. I have taken the LSAT three times already. Ooh, and the last time, I swear. I was going, you swore you were going to give up on law school in general because I felt like I was an idiot for not being able to come close to a 160 even. Everyone I have talked to has said, quote, I took it once and scored 165 with barely any prep or quote, I made it my life. I made it my life for three months and without working and got a 167 and I am struggling to get above a 153. I previously studied with a shitty prep course that I swear fucked me up. You do swear. By listening to your pods, I gave up on the idea of starting law school this fall of 2022 after my shitty 148 score in June. I was convinced I could prep till October, get an amazing score to apply for next fall of 2023. Yeah, don't do that. Don't worry about it, man. Slow down. Why? You've been way rushing this whole thing. You got to take a breath. I'm trying to take your advice and apply early as fuck on the day they open registration. I am from Michigan, where they say fuck a lot, apparently, and moved to Arizona in January in hopes to go to law school and to live here forever. Oh, this is an Arizonan, Ben. Wow. Arizona is the end all be all. Okay. I guess Michigan, Arizona probably has a pretty good connection because snowbirds. Mm. I really can't be happy if I have to put off law school for two years. Okay. That's not that that's not allowed around here. <laughs> I mean, that's like that that's holding you back like so much. You that's that's preventing you from reaching like better goals like more that's that's preventing you from from reaching many more important goals yeah and i guess you you don't probably read it mean it literally but we understand you were thinking that you wanted to go to law school soon if you're going to go to law school you need to do it the right way and that the timeline isn't up to you so this is one of those like you're going to get over it kind of things one year already felt like I was a failure, yet I ran into a problem. I really wanted to go to ASU over U of A, but I just put my application in. Oh my God, what? And I clicked the option to not make a decision until they see my October LSAT score. <laughs> and I just got a decision 16 days after putting in my application saying I was denied. We've talked about this, Ben. One of the many reasons that we don't like applying until your LSAT is complete is that, yes, the applications can have a checkbox that says, would you like us to hold your application until we and then decide whether we're going to admit you? And apparently this checkbox just wasn't respected. (laughs) I mean, or. They could also have looked at the application and said, anonymous, it doesn't matter what you scored. You're not admitted to the school. Yeah, we don't know what else was in your application. Or maybe they're just gambling that you're not going to improve by that much. My guess is that it's just essentially clerical error. 
I remembered being shocked by that when I applied to Hastings 10 years ago. Um, no, more than that now. 15 years ago. But at that time, Hastings didn't even have the checkbox. They were like, no, if you apply and you have LSATs on record, we're going to evaluate your application. Hmm. I mean, maybe it's easier, right? So just you don't want people out there on the hook, like pestering you with emails and stuff. Like, did you forget about me? Did you forget about me? And it's like, no, yeah, we denied you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but th that's a bummer. I mean, the real bummer here, though, anonymous. <laughs> you're just you're you're not following the order of operations. Yeah, right. We have a very simple order of operations. Don't go to law school. <laughs> if you are going to go to law school, get the best GPA you can get. After you get the best GPA you can get, get the best LSAT score you can get. And then wherever you are in the universe, apply next fall. Yeah. Get your shit That's together. It. Okay. Are yep. you ready to launch? Okay, cool. We're ready to go whenever September is here. Yeah. It's simple, but people have, you know, and, and the younger you are, ironically, it, well, maybe it's younger and older sometimes too. Like the our oldest students and our youngest students see, tend mm -hmm. to be in a pretty big damn hurry. Mm -hmm. It has to be this cycle. And frequently we get like mid tw late 20 something, early 30 somethings who are a lot more chill about it. Like, yeah, I, I understand. I'm going to play this game the right way. A couple of years, one way or the other doesn't really affect the grand. You're talking about your career. <laughs> like, most people don't. It's not going to be a secondary career. This is your primary career for your life. What do you do? I'm a lawyer. And that's for that's that's 30, 40, 50 year practice. I played golf two days ago with a guy who, yeah, he said he practiced for 40 years in Nevada and California, went to Santa Clara Law School. We talked about law. Not at all. Neither of us wanted to talk about that shit. <laughs> but OK, does that guy think that he should have rushed into life? I really wanted to go in whatever year that you can't even remember. OK, anyway, I am thinking WTF is that button for if it doesn't mean anything. I am ultimately confused and I am deciding not to apply anywhere, all caps, until I get my October LSAT score, because I guess admissions is messing up in this process and not even looking at the questions they have us answer. Well, I mean, it seems like that's what happened at this one school. Was wondering your thoughts on this, and as I haven't heard you talk about this error in the admission process. P.S. Thank you for being my daily therapy, your podcasts. That's also that's awful nice, but you're not listening to our advice. Well, your problem here isn't the error in the admission process. It's the fact that you applied before you had your best LSAT score on record. That's the problem. Yeah. What What are you doing? Like <laughs> you. It's great that you have now started to work on the LSAT demon. That is excellent. You're in the right place. Your scores are going to improve. We don't know how much they're going to improve, but you have no business like shooting for like specifically the October score is a bad idea. You've already wasted three of your attempts. You're, you're doing this all wrong. You're not you're not playing the game. Withdraw any applications and your LSAT registration. You're yes. not going to be where you need to be by October. Right. Yeah. You just scored 148 in June. What are we, you have much work. Like you, you feel like an idiot for not being able to come close to 160. That's because we haven't, I don't know. 
I don't know you. Well, it's anonymous. I, I don't know you. I haven't been working with you as far as I know. But if I knew you, if I had, if I, if I saw you in class or if you use the ask button or like if you were communicating with us to let us help you. Uh, yeah. Unregister for the October LSAT, withdraw all of your applications, just like Ben said. Get, keep working on the LSAT one question at a time. Want to leave it there, Ben? Yeah. I want to come up with an acronym too for our order of operations. You okay. ready? Yes. It's glad. We want you to be glad. We <laughs> want you to work on your grades. GPA. Then your, then your LSAT score. LSAT. We want you to apply early in the cycle or don't go. <laughs> A is for early. Okay. Apply. Apply early. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it being for early. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Spelled phonetically? What? No, just the like lowercase e in front of a capital A. Oh, okay. In the glad. Okay. Um, no. Yeah. Apply early. <laughs> yep. Uh, what was D again? Or don't go. <laughs> don't go. That should be first. D. Should be first. D glad. Well, it's like you do these things or you just don't go. Your call. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. GPA, LSAT, apply early. <laughs> don't go. Just don't, don't go. go. Okay. Yeah. Certainly don't rush into it. You're 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 losing legal battles because you are not prepared. Like yep. you, you and you know, you like you put in that application. And I understand that you you're trying to apply early, but you're going off like you're going off half cocked. That's a gun thing, right? Any, I hope <laughs> your gun goes off half caught, like you're not even ready and it just explodes. Yeah. yeah. That's must be what it means. That's what you're doing. You're, you're like, you're kind of trying to follow our advice, but you're rushing into a cycle that you have no business being in. And yeah. if you rush into a cycle that you have no business being in, you have your, you have no choice, but to violate all of our other advice, <laughs> you know, like that's one that you can't not follow. If you're following our advice if, to, to play the game, we want you to play it. Yeah, that's the thing about the order of operations. If you don't follow it, then you're going to get the question wrong. That's how it works. Depending on your grades, depending on how much progress you can make on the LSAT, it is not that hard to get 160 something. I promise you. It's just not. If you start to actually understand the test and it clicks for you and you score 160 something, then I'm sorry your friends are being dicks to you about it, by the way. I'm telling you how great they did and how easy it was or whatever, but <laughs> we, we help a lot of people get there and hopefully we can help you get there, but you're, but not if you're just like trying to do it in this rushed sort of a way. Yep. And you have two attempts left, so you should take both of them. Yeah. What are you, why are you exactly what well, you can't follow our advice if you're trying to force in this cycle? It's like you just, Oh, well then October's it. That's it. No, you have two more attempts and you need to not waste either of those attempts. Those of those attempts are now precious to you, right? Like for, for someone who hasn't taken any tests, the first one is not that precious, mm -hmm. but for someone who just like wastes tests, then the few remaining ones become precious. And so you're in that space now where you need to stop doing this. It's magical thinking, you know, like you already took it three times, just like magically thinking you were going to score higher. And the problem really is probably that you just scheduled your score. You scheduled your test date. Yep. Isn't that funny, Ben? That. Generally, I kind of like scheduling things. I think it's scheduling things is like good and healthy for life. Yeah, it creates a deadline, right? And that deadline mm -hmm. creates um, clarity and action. But but other things should not have deadlines. Yeah. 
And this is one of them. I mean, in, in my area of expertise is how to do well on this test and having a particular date, but I don't, I don't see it being productive for people or it's certainly counterproductive for some people. Like it has been for anonymous here and just keeps like, well, they schedule it and they study and they take it. Yep. <laughs> don't get it what they want. Yeah. Then, then like probably, oh, by the way, take it. Don't study for three weeks, get their score back. It sucks. Then start studying. <laughs> well, no procrastinate. Yeah. Finally decide, okay, I have to do it now. Schedule a test. Study for two months. Take it. Stop studying immediately. Yeah, that's what's dragging out your process. (laughs) That's what's made it slow, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Hey. Thanks for writing in. Related issue. Yeah. We got got an email. I responded directly, but we we got um, uh, an exit survey from one of our students who was unsubscribing from the demon. Yeah. And said, yes, they would recommend the demon, but they... Um, they wanted to give us the feedback that they thought that the advice to take the LSAT consecutively was bad for them. Yeah. Yep. I wrote a clarifying, I thought, email. I hope that it's taken in that spirit. I, I just said, hey, to be clear, our advice is not repeatedly take the LSAT continuously as if it's just inherently good to do that. Yeah. Our advice is get yourself fully prepared for your first one however long that takes, then if you take a test and the score comes back lower than your range, you need to take it again, which means you probably need to schedule that test in advance, Mm -hmm. which then means we don't see why you wouldn't continually take tests. But this, this correspondent had said, I mean, tellingly, I think said it didn't give me enough time to improve between tests. And it's not about that. You should be there before you even think about a real first test. attempt. Yeah. So this is just one of those areas where I, I don't think people should be scheduling this stuff in advance. Yep. Thank you, everybody. This the excellent emails. I loved today's show. Uh, get on an upcoming show by emailing help at LSAT. Uh, sorry, help at thinking If you have questions about the LSAT demon, we have the best customer service in the world at help at LSAT Please check out our other podcasts on LSAT Demon Daily. Look at our YouTubes, uh, both for Thinking LSAT and LSAT Demon Daily. That was episode 366 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. You can now listen to an episode every day for a year, even if it's a year. Thanks all y'all for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school.